0: Hello, I'm Jim Richards. I want to welcome you to this week's edition of Impact Cyber Church. And this is really what it is. You know, people all over the world are looking for a good word, not just, not just a good word that, that makes them feel good, but a good word that's biblically based, a word that's, that you can trust, a word that brings you the life, the love, the promises of God. And that's why we have Impact Cyber Church because people all over the world participate in this and feed themselves on this and go out and live victorious lives. So I just want to welcome you here and uh, listen, got something great I'm gonna be sharing with you today. Remember we're talking today about the stress antidote and the stress antidote is the peace of God. Not just any peace, but the peace of God. And there's a definite difference between a natural peace and the peace that comes to you uh, as a result of, of harmonizing your life with God, of trusting God. And today we're talking specifically about what I call the ultimate celebration. Now, I don't know I don't know when religion did this it started all the way back with the children of Israel and it's prevailed up through up through church. I remember when I first got saved, I began to attend a little church. I love that church and I, I am not being critical of the church but whenever it came time for the worship service to begin or many times they would call it the song service. Uh, the scripture that they would always put in the bulletin over, you know, uh, over that segment of the service was, you know, let the the the, earth, uh, let the Lord has entered His holy temple or something like that. Let the whole earth be silent. And so it was supposed to be a solemn assembly. And there was this idea that when you came to God, you had to come to God kind of beaten down. You had to come to God just absolutely. Uh, 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 fearful of of saying or doing the wrong thing. And that was considered holiness. That was considered reverence. Well, I want to tell you something. Uh, Nearly all of the feast with the children of Israel, and remember, all of those feasts are types. They show us the reality of what we have in Jesus. I'll tell you what else, they show us the reality of what we're going to have when heaven comes to comes here to planet earth. Because you know, heaven is not, we're not going to spend eternity out floating around on a cloud out there. The Bible tells us New Jerusalem, after heaven and earth have been renovated, that New Jerusalem is coming to planet Earth. And the tabernacle, the eternal tabernacle of God, will come here and that's where God will dwell. Remember, the tabernacle that the children of Israel built was was built. It was a type, a picture of the heavenly tabernacle. And, uh, you know, some, sometimes we forget that, that through all of those sacrifices and through that, through that tabernacle that was built in the wilderness, God was showing us eternal truths. Now, we, I understand that we have a new covenant. So the old covenant is is fulfilled, we are not under that contract. We're not on that agreement, but all of the things that God taught us under the old covenant from the sacrifices to the tabernacle, all those aspects, um, are still true. In other words, the, the ritual part of, of the feast and the festivals and the sacrifices, the ritual part of that is fulfilled in Jesus. He is the ultimate one time sacrifice. That's why there doesn't need to be any sacrifices anymore because He is the, the true sacrifice, He's the true fulfillment. But everything that was revealed about how to relate to that sacrifice, how to participate in that celebration, how to, uh, what, it, what it should look like in real life, all of that's still true. And sadly, I think people don't understand that and they throw away uh, the, the only resource that we have to understand God, understand how to approach God, understand who Jesus is. You know, I was thinking about it today. Uh, it, once you throw away the scriptures uh, uh, of all the feasts and all of these, all these things that show us who Jesus is, then, then your beliefs of Jesus are nothing but vain imaginations if they're not based on scripture. You're creating, you're building an idol in your mind And and replacing the scripture, the revealed knowledge of God that's given us through the scripture, replacing it with an imagination that sometimes you might get it right. Sometimes you won't get it right. But one of the things that we learned through all of the uh, feasts and the holy days is that they were they were celebrations. I'm telling you, this was a time to rejoice. See, we look back at the. At all the different sacrifices, and we think that was a burden, man, to all, have to always bring these animals and have to, you know, that cost you money to bring these animals. So you were always, always having to give up something for God. Well, the, the reality of it is, is this. God was holy. He was different than any of the other gods, different than the gods that they that they saw uh, served, and how people served them in Egypt. Different than the gods of the Canaanites, because those gods were angry, wrathful, vengeful gods, and the sacrifices that their people b- brought was to appease their anger. It was to it was to it was to try to appease them so that so that they wouldn't be killed uh, for displeasing their gods and God's a holy God. He's different. He's he's uncommon. He's not like any of those gods. You see, God initiated the sacrifices because he wanted to make sure that man would have a way to interact with him by faith. It would initiate faith. In other words, participate in the sacrifices was never legalism. It was never about you got to do this or I'm going to do this. That, that It was never like that. And anybody that says that, while they may have good intentions, while they may care about you, while they may be trying to point you to the new covenant, the truth is they, they don't understand the scriptures. They are misunderstanding. Because, because all of the sacrifices were, were designed so that man could have the experience of God's forgiveness. Now, see, the sacrifices didn't move God. The sacrifices didn't do anything. As a matter of fact, oh, I don't remember if it's Psalm 90, 95, somewhere in there. You know, he says, uh, he says, the cattle on a thousand hills are mine. Now, a lot of people take that and try to weave that somehow into the prosperity message. Uh, but. but God goes on to say in that scripture, He says, "The cattle are, uh, on a thousand hills are mine." He said, "If I was hungry, in other words, if I needed something to eat, I wouldn't wait on your sacrifices, because the cattle on a thousand hills are mine. I'd just kill and eat it myself." And what he's what he's pointing out is the sacrifices are not for me; they are for you. You say, "Well, why on earth does does a person need?" Bring the sacrifices. What benefit do do those people get? Well, you see, God had made promises to the people about His love, about His desire for a relationship. His His desire to interact with them, his desire to forgive them when they when they wronged him or wronged one another. Uh, he was the one that initiated forgiveness. So all the sacrifices were a celebration about a good God who made a way that they did not have to live under the fear of wrath. As a matter of fact, the covenant that God made with them was called, was called a covenant of peace, which is actually very specifically what the new covenant is called. It is, the, Isaiah 54 teaches that the covenant that God made with Jesus is called a covenant of peace. In other words, God initiated a way for us to have peace with him, but also to have peace in our heart. Now, I want you to understand something. If God had just said, I love you, uh, always know that I love you, I'm always gonna, you know, you know my forgiveness is, is yours, if man did not have some way to interact with God to experience that, then they would have totally drifted away from it. I mean, besides the fact that all of this was a picture of the Messiah, the Lord Jesus, who would come and truly take away the sins of the world. But, but uh, man needed some way to operate faith. And remember, faith without works is dead. Faith without, that doesn't produce something and that isn't associated with something is dead. It is just a thought in the heart. It's just an idea or an emotion if, if it doesn't produce any fruit. And so, and so in the sacrifices, they went through actions and in their heart, they weren't trusting that their actions were earning them something from God in their, it was like they were playing out God's love for them. They were going through a model of how God would express his love for them. And, and because they were trusting, even though they didn't understand what these sacrifices meant, they were trusting that, uh, that, God was accepting the blood of an animal and the life of an animal so they didn't have to shed their blood or give their life as a penalty for for their sins. But the key thing is there was only like maybe one solemn assembly a year. I'm telling you, it was always a celebration because they were always so incredibly excited and passionate and grateful for the fact that God made a way for them to experience him. Now, one key thing though, keep in mind, and we'll, if we don't get to it in, in this, uh, this week's uh, broadcast, we'll get into it in next week or the week after that. But keep in mind, man needed a way to experience what God was offering. And it's still that way, even though we have um, all that Jesus received, even, even, though, even though He has paid for all of our sins, we have to have ways to experience that literally the, the the book of philemon talks about activating our faith we have to have ways to activate our faith by by connecting with and intertwining ourselves with all of the good things of god by the way you know if, if this is good news for you if this is encouraging to you, take, take just 1 minute right now if you will just 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 Click on the icon below and like this broadcast. And you know what? This caused thousands of people around the world to get to hear this because more people um, get information about this based on how many people like and subscribe uh, to this. So if you're watching on YouTube, be sure and like this. If you're not watching on YouTube, then then go straight to YouTube after you get through and and go on and and like or subscribe and, and help me take these messages out to other people. Because you know, one of the things that I'm seeing over and over and over on Facebook, I'm seeing posts where people are attacking the law. And, uh, and I know they're trying to bring across a good point about what we have in Jesus, but, but instead of attacking the law, maybe we should be going back and saying, this is what they had under the law and saying, this is what it looks like in Jesus. There's no need to attack it. As a matter of fact, it's, it, it's really not a healthy thing to be attacking anything that God ever said. But we should be using that to say, this is how you understand who Jesus is. Because if you get people where they reject everything that's in what we call the Old Testament, if they reject that, then they're going to have to go out to human philosophy and to to false religions to get a a concept of who Jesus is or they're going to make something in their own heart. Because the only way we really know who Jesus is and what he really did is what the scripture says about him. So one of the most important sacrifices and celebrations of the Old Testament was um, the, the peace offering. Now, the peace offering was a time, and, and what's interesting, the celebration of peace was not where you were coming to get forgiveness. And in fact, you had already dealt with your issues. You'd already dealt with your sin. And, 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 and having done that, literally, if I understand it, literally sometimes they would present a a, a purification offering. And that purification offering sometimes would be at the same time a, a peace offering would be presented because they were acknowledging by faith that they trusted God's forgiveness for them and they received God's forgiving. And because they had brought that offering, because they'd gone through this process and because they had given it, they'd done it in faith, not believing that that caused God to do something. But this is this is the process that God told them to walk through. And then the peace offering was a celebration that they were at peace with God and that they were able to actually share in the covenant of peace, which meant which meant they they were all of the promises of, of God, all of the kingdom promises were now accessible to them. Now, the Bible uses this word offense. And you know, an offense is anything that causes you to stumble. The Bible talks about our conscience. You know, our conscience is our sense of self. And the Bible warns about violating our conscience and talks about the priority uh, of, of uh, keeping our conscience clean and how that, that is something that happens by faith in the blood of Jesus. See, we have this idea that the blood of Jesus was something that, that we only trusted in or we only believed in to get born again and to, to give us spiritual rebirth. But the real truth is the New Testament has as much or more to say about the cleansing of our conscience uh, as an ongoing work of the blood of Jesus, as it does uh, about, about our new birth. Now, an, an offense, when we have an offense or when we violate our conscience, God has not changed, but in our heart, we feel like He has changed. In our heart, we feel distant to Him. Now, sometimes we might be able to point back to some kind of sin that we committed that just, yes, this actually is, is where it all happened. You know, I, I, I feel guilt, I feel shame, or I feel some negative emotion about that. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, guilt and shame, our are, are guilt can be a healthy emotion as long as you respond to it and, and eradicate it as long as you activate your faith in the blood of Jesus and eradicate, send that guilt away, then, then it's healthy because it helps you see that there, that there was a problem there. If, if there had been no guilt, you would never have known that there was something affecting you internally that had the effect, the the, the, the power to affect your health, to affect your emotions, had the power to ultimately take your life. Call it, you, know, you know, because that's what happens whenever we have, whenever we violate our conscience in any way. I'm telling you, it can, if it's not dealt with, it can establish what. In medicine, you call cellular memories. You begin to, you begin to, it begins to have energetic effect on the cells of your body that ultimately cause dysfunction and becomes the precursor to sickness and disease. And, uh, and so the minute you realize guilt, you want to get rid of it. But you know sometimes it's not even a matter of guilt. You don't you don't know what the offense is. Sometimes you don't know what's making you feel like you're going to stumble or that you are stumbling. You just have this sense of of either distance from God or you have this 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 sense of 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 losing the victory. You start you start kind of finding yourself compromising, going over the edge, going into something destructive, and you don't know why you're heading down this path. Now I'm going to tell you. In in today's kind of pop theology, it's sort of like, well, that's not true. Just don't pay any attention. Just don't do that. Well, I'll tell you something. Man is wired that way. Uh, Man is wired so that he can take the the Word of God and combine it with certain actions. And those actions are not getting God to do anything. Those actions are not for God's benefit. Those actions give us a way to go to actually to to activate faith in our heart. It gives us a way to remind ourselves of what we have in Jesus. It gives us a way to uh, interact with God. You know, if 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 you follow some of the pop psychology and you, and, you, and you know you never pray and you never worship, you you never deal with sin. You you know, what do you have? That, that's like saying I'm married, but I never talk to my wife. I never kiss her. We never make love. We, we don't really have any interaction. We're just married. See, we forget this is a relationship. And so in this, in this series, the, ant, the, the stress antidote, I want you to understand the emphasis is not just on the stress. The emphasis is on the peace, is on coming into the peace and what all the Bible says about peace, how to access peace, how to cause peace to come in alive in our heart. If you're watching this right now on YouTube, you know, you can click right now and go look at my series, The Stress Antidote. Or if you're watching this through one of the other many means that we have, you, you can check out our website, www.impactministries.com. And uh, you can either look at the slider that's going to come up when you're watching this, or you can go to the you can go to the store and search for the for the peace antidote. Because see, God wants you to live in peace. Peace is the environment of health. Peace is the environment whereby. Uh, whereby you are able to hear God. Peace is that place that you enter into, because you're harmonizing your thoughts, your 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 beliefs, everything with God, and you're and you're abiding really in that in that secret place with God. Check out the stress antidote. Listen. It's going to be one of the very best investments you've ever made for overcoming stress. Now, The stress antidote is part of our heart physics program. And from time to time, i like for people to have the opportunity to discover a little bit more about heart physics. So be sure and check it out. I'm telling you what, get out of stress, live in peace, and you'll be amazed at how you can hear God and how that you come out of situations and get past things and win over temptation. So. Check out the peace antidote. It's going. It's going to be a blessing and help to you. All right. Now listen. So, so we have to have ways to to resolve things in our heart. You know. Let me let me give an example. In um, one of the things in the Old Testament, and I, I read, oh, I, I almost hate to say this because this was a friend of mine. This is somebody I like. This is somebody I care about. This is somebody that that I respect. What, you know what they do in, in helping people, and and they were basically writing a post saying, you know, under the old under the old covenant, you had to. You, but, before you could come and, and, and experience forgiveness with God, uh, you had to go make it right with the person that you had offended. And he said, we don't have to do that under the Old Testament because forgiveness is ours. We don't have to do anything to earn it. And you know, I usually don't even respond to those kinds of things, but honestly I just, I had to respond. I said, well, wait a minute. I said, first of all, God wasn't telling them to go make things right with that person so that they could earn forgiveness. This because, because the Old Testament was about walking in love. All the commandments were about walking in love. And God has such a high premium, has such a high value in us having peace with each other. Because if you don't have peace with each other, you're not gonna have peace in your heart. If you don't have peace in your heart, you're not gonna be able to connect with and experience the peace of God. You can't bring all of your chaos into any relationship and have peace into that relationship. So, so first of all, it wasn't God saying you gotta earn forgiveness. Secondly, Jesus himself said that. Jesus said, listen, if you bring your gift to the altar and you realize that you have alt, you know, uh, uh, against your brother or strife you know, with your brother, just lay your altar, lay your gift at the altar and go make that right and then come back and do this. I want to tell you something. I don't know where we get off contradicting the teachings of Jesus and then call him Lord. If he's my Lord and he taught it, I may not understand it, but but I'm going to choose to believe it. I'm going to choose to follow it. I'm going to choose to apply it to my life. God wants us to live at peace. See, God cares about how we relate to the world. He cares about how we relate to the brethren. How we relate to the world is what convinces them that, that God, in fact, is who He says He is. If we don't make things right with people, then then they're going to think that God doesn't make things right with them. If we don't make things right with people, here's another thing. If I am not willing to give forgiveness, I'm going to tell you something that I can't, in my own heart, experience forgiveness. And Jesus dealt with this many times, and I know people don't understand it. People try to turn it into dead works and illegalism legalism is not. But I'm just telling you, if Jesus repeated this as many times as he did, that we need to make things right um, when connecting to God to experience forgiveness. If, if he emphasized that over and over again, which he did, then evidently this is a pretty high priority. So, so in bringing your, your peace offering to God, you were celebrating peace. You weren't coming to earn peace. And because you trusted God and because you recognized the value that God had for people, you did, you actually, if if you realized that you had made an offense against somebody, you went and corrected it. Because when you came before God, you weren't just celebrating the, the fact that you had peace with God. You were celebrating the fact that you were at peace with your brothers. You were celebrating the fact that you, that you have peace in yourself. Think of how hypocritical and, and empty it is to wrong somebody and, and not make it right with that person. Because if you're walking in love, you're going to make it right. You're going to do what it takes to work that out as much as it lies within you. But think of how hypocritical and shallow and empty it is that I'm going to wrong you and then I'm going to come over here to God and I'm going to rejoice in his forgiveness. I'm going to have this I'm going to celebrate that I'm at peace with God when I'm not at peace with you. You know something that is just not the way of peace. So so and you know and I, and I realize we're we're just about out of time and, and I'm not getting into this as much as I as much as I'd hope to. We will go farther into this next week and it's gonna be really, really important. It's gonna open your eyes of how to always bring yourself back to the place of peace every time you have an offense. Uh, even though you don't know what it is, or when you actually do wrong somebody, or you know, the Apostle John just said, when when we, he said, let's love indeed, not just in tongue, not just in words. Let's love indeed. Let's love in the way we treat people. And he basically goes on to teach us that if we don't walk in love toward people, our heart condemns us. And when our heart condemns us, we can't receive from God. This is what I'm talking about all of the old testament sacrifices were designed to give man a way and a place to exercise his faith to see something physical that he could see that he could relate to this is the price that god is 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 Uh, requires to be paid in order for me to have forgiveness. I'm seeing this price paid. I'm seeing this animal sacrifice. I'm seeing the blood and and I'm rejoicing in the fact that if, if God had not made this way for this to happen, this would be me that's having to die. This would be my blood that has to be shed. I would have to pay for this personally. Well, how much more now that we've got Jesus and we look back to the cross of Christ and say and say this is how much god loved me he paid the price He became my sin. His blood was shed for me. He died the death I should have died. He fought the battle that I should have fought. He he obtained salvation for me through His righteousness. And it becomes a celebration. Every time you have to work through an offense, it becomes a celebration of peace. It becomes a celebration of the fact that God made peace with you through the Lord Jesus. But I'm just going to tell you something. If you just file that away in the back of your mind as a theological fact and you never take yourself through this process, then I've, then I've got news for you. You'll, you'll never experience it. It'll never be something that you literally feel. And, and a matter of fact, what'll happen in time if you don't, if you don't reconnect with God and remind yourself, see that's, what, that's what communion in church is supposed to be about. It's supposed to be about reconnecting to what we have through the blood and the body of Jesus. It is, it is a, really, it's a ceremony that we do by faith so that we have something tangible that we're doing as we're believing for what God has already done through the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what baptism is for. There are so many things that we do that all they are is they are physical expressions of a spiritual reality. But by, by mixing those with faith, then we experience something with God that other people actually have no idea what, what we're experiencing, what's going on inside of us. Man, I didn't even get close to where I wanted to get to today, but I hope you got something out of this. I hope you are celebrating peace with God. Now listen, as soon as this broadcast goes off, just take a couple of minutes when you get to, actually it won't take a couple of minutes, it'll take 10 seconds at the end of this to click, the subscribe button if you're watching by YouTube. And then I'll tell you, every single week, you're going to, or every time I update a message, you're you're going to get a notification about it. I'm telling you, you can keep yourself on track. You can keep yourself encouraged. You can keep yourself making this journey. But whatever you do, more than anything else, when this is over, you connect to God in your heart and you start celebrating the fact that through the Lord Jesus Christ, you are at peace with God and you've got peace in your own heart.